You're listening to another great show from the Nod Network. Find more great content at nerdod.com. This is Heroes Needed, the Overwatch Players Podcast. everyone welcome to heroes needed the overwatch players podcast i'm dave and i'm richard and we've got a few things for you today here in episode seven we're going to cover um the mcm comic-con manchester uh, richard and i both attended that with some others and with others from nerd od we have some uh experiences from that that we want to share with everyone else along with some uh, incredible standout cosplayers uh a lot of the voice artists who are there uh, and we've actually got some uh, little interviews with people from the con who themselves are overwatch players after that, we're going to move on to the Overwatch League finals that have recently passed and some of our thoughts and commentary from that and also kind of what the finals mean for the next season. What have we got to look forward to in that? After that, we're going to touch on Wrecking Ball now that he's out there uh, in the uh, in the world for all players as opposed to just the PTR. Uh, I've had a chance to play him now. I know Rich has played him a little bit yeah. more as well, so we've got some more thoughts on that hero. Uh, and also the recent update to Sombra and what that means to make her more playable for everyone all over as well. So, if we jump straight into it, uh, here we are uh, about a week on from MCM Comic-Con in Manchester, our home con, if you will, (laughs) and and I must say, there was some strong Overwatch cosplay on show. Yeah, definitely. I met a couple of uh, uh, players, they were, uh, sadly, I I, I don't remember their names, I've seen them, spoken to them on Facebook now, and they were playing uh, a Moira and a McCree, Mm. but the Black Watch variant skins oh, and they were such cool outfits and really really put the work in and put some incredible detail and one thing I noticed was that a lot of the when you look around at cosplayers there were by kind of if you look at percentage mix of, of the cosplay community there was a lot of Overwatch cosplay yeah like there were every once in a while there'd be there'd be one from this anime and one from this film and one from this show but then you'd see four or five dressed in Overwatch cosplay either together as their own team which was really cool yeah. I saw a couple people well a couple groups like that or just people who just showed up as their favorite hero, yeah. including as a guy, uh, you see a clip of him in my uh, Who Are You Wearing interview video. He's done a McCree cosplay, and it's quite simple. He's just got the sort of the, uh, the sort of shawl kind of thing on. He's got his hat, a cigar, and a revolver. And it's yeah. pretty simple, but it's, it's immediately identifiable as McCree, which is Absolutely. so, so cool. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that speaks to that most for me, um, my my favorite kind of cosplays are obviously the the handmade, the homemade cosplays, the ones where people have really put the effort in. Whether that's worked out as being a very simple one, or you know, a very basic one, or whether that's you know really like hand stitched and really just involved and detailed, whatever it is, the homemade ones mean the most to me. Rather than say buying a pre-made outfit, but on the point of items being kind of pre-made. One of the booths that you often find at a convention are cosplay items. They're swords from different uh, TV series, different game series. They're guns from different series to make people's cosplays complete. Often weapons are something people struggle to make. And you think of these things that are so influential. You'll see Master Sword from Zelda. You'll see a katana from any of a dozen different anime. You'll see particular weapons. And walking past a couple of the booths and going, oh, that's, that's, that's Genji's katana. And oh, that's McCree's revolver. And seeing them on that same kind of level, people so passionate about it, like you say, to be such a big part of the cosplay community, that actually that weapon is not just there, but front and center on these stalls. I think that speaks to how much... Overwatch is influencing cosplay and how many people are going, yes, I love this thing. Yeah, I think it speaks as well to the, the character design. And I know we spoke about level design a couple of episodes ago and character design as well. And the level of detail and the uh, I think the skins as well, the variety yeah. of skins. And the idea that these, the thing that I, one of the things I like most about Overwatch is the fact that you can't pay to win. Yeah, You can buy loot boxes, but the loot boxes give you cosmetic or uh, other little uh, enhancements, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's more a case of you can have those things because you like those things, not because they actually do anything to the yeah. game. And I think when you see the the variety of really cool skins, and people kind of pick their favorite one, you know. And I spoke to um, 
another cosplayer named Tabitha who did an incredible steampunk Mercy costume. Yeah. And that was her own design. That wasn't a skin that exists, but that's no. one that she kind of she designed herself. Fingers crossed for one day. That'd be such a cool one. Yeah, <laughs> such a cool one. But you know, I encountered. I think Mercy was one of the ones I saw was really popular mm. at the weekend. Oh, definitely. You know, I saw a. Um, uh, a woman dressed as a witch Mercy that was yep. really cool uh, winged victory Mercy yep. uh, I saw um, uh, I, I think it was Valkyrie Mercy uh, yep, the there's definitely sort of, Valkyrie on there yeah. Yeah. and I think that there were just some amazing outfits and some amazing choices because you've got that you've got one hero which in most games or, or things would have one costume one outfit yep. one thing Whereas you have every hero has numerous, See, like minimum, every hero has at least five or six standard sure. ones anyway, and then you've got the legendary ones and those as well. And it just really, really stands out how much detail goes in and then how much work cosplayers can put in if they wish to, yeah. or how simple they can make it if they want to. Absolutely. Well, I remember you talking originally when we talked about how we got into Overwatch about kind of moving away from things like Star Wars Battlefront 2 because of that kind of pay-to-win aspect. Yeah. These kind of extra enhancements to the game. Um, and Overwatch having skins has always been something that's, that's drawn me to it and has always drawn a lot of people to it. Because as you say, you can choose a skin without it being any advantage or disadvantage. Even, you know, you look at Blizzards of the Properties, things like World of Warcraft, the armor sets that you have. Yeah. You might think that one armor set looks cooler, but actually they're saying in stats, these ones are better. That's one of the great things about Overwatch. You pick a character, a thing that you love in that way. For ages, my skin for D.Va was the Junker skin. Because I just thought it's it looked very cool. really, it's very really cool. cool. I got it in a loot box. And the, the, the real kind of genuine sense of joy of a surprise appearing... You know, I'm, I'm not. I don't pay for loot boxes. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. But earning the loot box through playing, and then this random drop happening, and getting this really, really cool skin that gave me a huge sense of joy. One of the things I've done since we've returned from the con is I'm actually using Instagram again a lot more. Um, I haven't in a long, 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 long time, but using it a lot more, and I've followed a lot more kind of cosplay artists. And you do see a lot of Mercy. Oh you yeah, see a lot of people cosplaying Mercy, and it's really, really nice because it is this the character almost takes on this uh, almost like a folklore nature you see everybody's different telling of it yeah, everybody's different right. version of it, everyone's different skin uh, I've seen about a dozen different witch versions but again they're all slightly different they're the same idea the same character but all slightly different and you can see where somebody's really poured themselves into it and their love of overwatching yeah I think that's yeah that maybe the level of detail you can go into if you yeah. want to if you want to create your own thing or if you want to recreate that favorite one yeah. to, the, to a specific detail which is great um yeah, I, I, I've got the habit of changing skins, which I never... I would pick, usually pick one, and that would be it. But yeah. I've got the habit of changing skins on different maps as well. Yeah. Like obviously, I'm playing a lot more Reinhardt recently, and I've got the brass and copper Ooh, skins. Nice. So if I'm on maps like Temple of Anubis or, yeah. or uh, Oasis, yeah. I might put on one of the different copper or brass ah, skins. Very good. So it kind of blends in almost to yeah, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, very you know, nice. Silly little things. And I got those in loot boxes, yeah. and it was such a cool feeling to get that. for When you get ones for heroes that you play, and I know we're going off topic here about sure, this, that's but fine. Uh, the idea of <laughs> getting... <laughs> exactly, yeah. but the idea of getting um, uh, sort of extra drops or or something specific for a hero that you like. I mean, yeah. I, I tend to get a lot of I get a lot of drops for for Anna and Farah and for uh, <laughs> heroes I don't really play. Yeah. So then when I get one for Reinhardt or I get one for Diva or I get one for um, uh, Roadhog or something yeah. like that, ones who I, I will definitely use. It's just such a cool uh, little surprise, and because Absolutely. you don't, have to, you, don't ha you can buy them if you want to. But I'm like you, I, I don't want to pay for them. I will earn them in game. And the fact that you can do that, and when you level up, the reward is you get another loot box. Exactly. You get something extra for for your yeah, play. It's which a is reward cool. for having played the game, not for paying the money necessarily. Yeah, and that, that's really really cool. And I think that was the thing for um, the Comic Con, seeing everyone kind of embodying that. Yeah, and that was, and I think seeing the the voice artists who were there. You know, one of them was Lucy Paul, who voices Mercy. You know, yeah. she's a, obviously a fan favorite because everyone, people love that hero. Not everyone Definitely. likes to play a support hero, but sure. if they do, you love Mercy. You love Mercy on your team at the very yeah. least. Um, and she was there. It was fantastic. So I imagine I uh, had a chance to, I asked a question at a, a panel at Wales Comic Con a few Mercy. months ago about what's it like to see people dressing up as a character that you brought to life. <laughs> and it was nice to see that they, it was, at the time it was her, Cara Theobald, who voices Tracer. Wow. Uh, and um, Matilda Smedius, who voices Brigitte. Yeah. And there responses where it's quite a, a humbling thing because they put the work in to create this character with this particular voice and then to see someone think I love that character so much I will I will make a costume yeah. that will look like that was something that was so cool so I imagine it must have been cool for her there were so many mercies definitely and surprisingly because uh, Gaku Space was there this time as well at Manchester yeah. there were a lot of Genjis around and yes. Genji is a hard <laughs> outfit to make I, I had a guy come up to me who was very very excited I think I said to him nice Genji or you know cool, cool cosplay or something like that 
and the the look of like it was an eruption of just pure joy in his face when he showed me not only the sword that he had made but then turned to show me one of the pieces of armor and and said almost just like a like a, a child who's got a new toy genji just signed my armor the voice actor cool. for genji had just signed the the forearm kind of plate on his armor that he'd made that he'd spent time laboring over and he had this squiggle of a signature from genji on it yeah like that that will be one of his prized possessions for, for years and years to come and that that's a real testament to the, the sort of passion of the fans Definitely. and it was nice seeing that in real life and speaking of the, the fans in real life, I managed to speak to uh, a few players who were there, a couple of which who were dressed as characters, which is yeah. why I could spot them at a distance. Yeah. Um, and I spoke to another guy who wasn't, but was a very active, a, a junk rat main, a, a toxic junk rat main, as he refers oh, to himself. Um, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll actually play a few of those clips now so you awesome. can hear. This is a, yeah, three, play, three attendees of the con and their thoughts on Overwatch. So first of all, what's your name? Uh, my name's Liam, Liam Faulkner. So you're dressed now currently as the Grillmaster, Soldier 76. That's right, without the gun, didn't have much time. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, is he your favorite hero? Is that why you're dressed as him, or simply because he's a cool-looking one? It's just because I love the outfit. Like, it's my favorite skin, by far. Uh, so I thought, summertime, summer games cosplay, why not? Fair enough. So who is your favorite hero, then? Oh, uh, probably Reinhardt. I'm quite the tank main. Love a tank player, that's good yeah. news. Good news. How about map? All the maps to choose from. Favorite? I actually quite like Rialto, the new one. Really? It's quite pretty, yeah, and I like the way it's laid out. It's very... There's a lot of flank roots and stuff like that, and it's good for, like, you know, characters that play quite high up, like Fairburn and Winston and all them. Yeah. And I just quite like that dynamic. Nice. How about a least favorite? Uh, definitely Horizon, really? I'd say. Yeah, even after the update, I still think it's a bit... Uh, I don't know. Um, I regularly lose on Horizon Lunar Colony. So I Same, that's why I hate yeah. it. <laughs> what about, uh, how about Hero that perhaps you like, but you've never been able to play? Doomfist. Yeah. He's really fun, and when I have a good game at him, which is very rare, I, I'm just having a blast, but he's so hard to use. Like, yeah. the amount of times I've just missed everything and not had abilities, I'm like, I guess I'll just die now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how about favorite ultimate ability? Uh, favorite ultimate probably Junkrat particularly yeah. now when it's just ridiculously overpowered yes. um, I, lo I love that Riptire yeah. well played Riptire can destroy the team yeah. yeah very cool very fun to use and what do you play on? Uh, PS4 PS4 cool do you have a tag you want to put out there or uh, just call me Lime just call me Lime looking for a group you know hit me up if you want to play I'll maybe come join you cool thanks dude First of all, hello. Hello. Uh, who are you? Uh, I'm Matthew, playing Alucard. Uh, it's, Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's his second day at Comic-Con. It's pretty great. I'm Good sweating, news. though, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, I feel that. It seems a little warmer in here today than last it's yesterday. Smooth, but, yeah. um, so, when it comes to Overwatch, yep. who's your preferred hero? I am a dirty, filthy Junkrat main. There's got to be one, right? There's I know, be right? One. <laughs> so what about Junkrat, then? What's the thing that makes uh, you... Uh, his ability to utterly ruin other people's fun just makes it an automatic win for me. Um, and he seems to enjoy doing it as well. Oh, oh yes. Part. yeah. yeah. Um, the, the Clearing the point, just being able to terrorize everybody on the map, even your own teammates, it's just brilliant. It's just fantastic. Good. And enjoying it is the number one thing. Exactly. How about least favorite? you got a hero that you can't quite get on with? Uh, Genji, just because I, I'm quite fine being a toxic Junkrat main, but being a toxic Genji main kind of puts the wind up me. Yeah, uh, I, I, try, I try Genji. I can't play him. No matter what I do, I cannot play it's him. It's the, 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 the shuriken thing. and the, it's, Nah, just not for me. Not yeah. for me. What about maps, then? Favorite map? Uh, I think Lot is pretty decent. Um, I, uh, I'll be honest, my map knowledge is not what it used oh, to be. Um, that, I, uh, maps with verticality I, I, I quite enjoy, uh, although, you know, Widowmaker is always a problem on wide open spaces. Yeah. I, I, I like all of them. They're pretty, they're pretty oh, all excellently well made and yeah. great amount. The detail's fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. The, the interactivity is just through the roof. Yeah. How about, is, is there a least favorite, though? Or maybe one that you've had the least fun playing? Uh, I don't really know. Um, I don't, uh, there's not, not, not a particular map that I, I favor least, but uh, certainly elements of maps. Yeah. Uh, enclosed hallways, sharp corners where Bastion can hide behind and just wally me to death. Yep. Yeah, a, a million percent miss me with that. Um, 
But not uh, not a least favourite map overall, really, no? No? All right. That's good to have an open mind for all of them, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. How about outside of the Riptire, have you got a favourite ultimate ability? Um, Roadhog's fire hose of shrapnel is just fantastic. <laughs> Uh, it's, it, he's, he's a brilliant I, I play Dota or I used to play Dota before they changed it all uh, and I used to play a lot of Pudge and I, I just the hook is fantastic and then the, the fire hose is oh yes oh, it, yeah. it's, it's two of these and what do you play it on? Uh, PC uh, yeah, yeah. I, I spent far too much money to not play on my PC <laughs> awesome thank, thank you. you thank you very much hello hello so who are you? Um, at the minute, I'm, well, I'm Era, and I'm dressing as Diva, of course. So. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so, dressing as Diva, does that mean Diva's your favorite character, or...? Um, I do kind of like it, because I, well, I kind of main as her on yeah. the game, because she's, for me, the easiest, because you've got the mech, and then they destroy the mech, and then it's just her. Yeah, so and no reload time like, either, which I love. Yeah, so she's just, she's easy, and this is kind of the first game, that shooter game that I kind of play, so it's like, kind of like, yeah, she's the, the easiest for me, but I like to also do May as well because she's quite really? cute. I find May so hard to play. I've done it a couple times, and I just—I'm just no good. I'm no good. That's but, why I made this Diva. Yes. Well, that's, that's first hero I started playing was Diva, uh, and I, I've moved on to sort of main tank, Reinhardt, that kind of stuff now. But I love Diva's just so cool, so cool. So, how about least favorite hero or a hero that you've not been able to play or you want to play but you can't? Um, well, the hero that I'm kind of looking at and kind of want to play is um, Bridget. She looks really good. So it's and with her shield and stuff, I've seen people online kind of look at her and it's like, yes, I really want to play her and try it out, but it's kind of like I'm not confident to do it with her yet. <laughs> That's um, what Quick Play's for. Yeah. Right out. But my least favorite is kind of Mercy. Really? Yeah. Bold. No, I get. I think that it's weird, isn't it? Like either people want to play support or they just don't really want to play certain support heroes. Yeah. Cool. How about maps? You got a favorite map? No, I don't. No? I just I just like to randomly go to any map. Um, I think the one I played in the most, I can't think of the name of it, but it looks all built up in like a nice little town with like cars everywhere. If you can help me out. Has it got waterways or no waterways? No waterways. Hollywood? I think so. It's I think or it's Hollywood. Hanamura if it's Japanese? Not sure. Yeah. Maybe. We'll find out. We'll was, find out. Yeah. Uh, what about least favorite map? Everyone's got a least favorite map, surely. I don't think I've got one, no. no? They're all pretty... I'm not really paying attention to the map, so I just go for just it. Just go do go the job, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and then, how about favorite ultimate ability? Oh, gosh. Um, favorite ultimate ability? Again, I don't think I've got no? one, no. I just... If I if I can get it, I like I like to get the one on Diva because, yeah. of course, a well placed Diva bomb is the most fun thing. Yeah, yes. and it's just it's just so cute as well. So, but other than that, I don't think I have a favorite. I don't like to pick favorites. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and what do you play on mostly? I play it on PS4. PS4, cool. And do you have a name you want to put out there to share? If looking for a group or? Um, well, I'm on PS4. I'm Midge Era. Um, a really weird spelling. So if people want to add me, go ahead. I'm always <laughs> Good looking <luck>. for people. <laughs> cool. Thank you. So thank you. So moving on from the con and our experiences there, which were many, um, we can go now to the Overwatch League finals because yes. it's important that we talk that. I think we need to decompress a little bit about the result <laughs> and what happened because everyone knows how excited I was beforehand. Yep. And I'll be honest, and again, spoilers for the final here, but by now you should know the result. If you don't know the result, go watch the game quickly yep. and then come back to us. Um, yeah, London Spitfire absolutely dominated. They yeah. absolutely dominated that game. And I love Philadelphia Fusion. So much. And they play so well. Yeah. But in that instance, uh, London, they outplayed them. And I think, honestly, looking at that game, I think London would have outplayed anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody else is coming in against those guys. I mean, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm disappointed I would have loved Philadelphia to win. But that said, we, we, we got the final that we wanted. That's right. I still won't forget when we were looking at those kind of semifinals um, and the bits beforehand, you going, we could end up with a London-Philly final. Yep. And me wanting to believe that and kind of going, yeah, yeah, we, we could end up yeah. with a London-Philly <laughs> final. You and humored the, me. I appreciated it. The could being the main word there. And then we actually did. We did end up with a London-Philly final. And how amazing it was to get to see those guys, you know, kind of go all the way mm. and go right the way through to that end. Um, and go up against London and you know there is no shame in losing to a team like London yeah not at all they played exceptionally well and you're right they, they did dominate there um, but yeah no no one was going to really defeat those guys they they no. showed why they are that dominant team 
uh, and have been kind of throughout in a lot of different ways. Um, but I, we got the final we wanted, and it is still an incredibly good game to watch. There's yeah. a lot that you can take from that. And it's great, you know, as we are being fans in the UK, it's yep. nice that the, the, the team from the UK, technically... The home team. The home team. The home team won the final. That was so cool. Yeah. But it was... I, I think the weirdest thing was looking at that when you went in, that it was the fifth and sixth seeded teams. Yeah. The idea that London and Philly were the lowest seeded teams to go into the playoffs, and they wound up in the final. And that's, exactly. that's crazy. And then, then to see that performance in the final where London, they, I, they would have beaten... LA Valiant, they yeah. would have beaten NYXL, they, they, would, they would have beaten any of those Playing teams. to that standard. It yeah, was exceptional. Absolutely. And I think that that's the thing where you saw them be so dominant early on in the season. Then they had that dip in the middle, yeah. and then they kind of, at the end they brought it back, but they weren't quite where they were at the beginning. And then to get into the final, and absolutely just yeah. steamroller. It was an incredible just, watch. Uh, textbook in a lot of ways, and just incredible responses to any challenge that was thrown at them. Yeah. Uh, they, they really, really, really controlled every element of that game in a lot of ways. Um, Philly put up an incredible fight. There were, there were moments where you, you could see them starting to get something, and then London just had that tempo. They, they had that hustle. They had that moment to get back every single time. They really pulled it out. The clutch play was staggering. Any little moment where it was like, oh, this, this could go a slightly different way. No, 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 no. London was going to pull that back and yeah. make it go their way. There were some amazing plays, and there were moments when I was watching it, and I, I, I started to feel like I'm a bad luck charm for Philly, because whenever <laughs> I seem to watch a game live, they don't, they don't, it doesn't go their way. But there were moments where they would pull something off that was great. And I was thinking, here we go. It's yep. coming back now. Philly's got Let's this. rally. But London just had a way to counter it, and yep. they were really, really good at not only targeting poor Neptuno oh, and just Neptuno. shutting him down, but also keep an eye on Carpe the whole time yep. so Carpe couldn't do the Carpe things that he's so exactly. well known for doing. So that was... And that was, you know, I'll admit it was a very frustrating watch because sure. I'm there going, oh, they're about to, do- oh, they stopped again, oh, they've done, but it was, it was, um, I suppose it was the best game of Overwatch I've seen in terms of showing what a team should be doing. Yes, because it didn't seem like at any point London really put a foot wrong. Like yeah. they, even in, uh, it was the first map where where it went to the, it, you know, it went to three points apiece, and then yeah. London took it in overtime, in the extra time. But really, they were always doing what they needed to do to win, yeah. and they always seemed to be like they always had that in their mind. They must have prepared for that so hard because they just went into it and knew exactly what to do. Yeah, I mean, you, they've, they've obviously had a lot of practice over the entirety of the league. I, I'm positive that they've gone through Philly's popular strategies and what they yeah. like to do as well. The thing that always impresses me is the, the the depth of these players' hero pools, the sheer number of different characters they can play. They can yeah. have a counter to all these different people because they're not beholden to two or three characters. They can fill almost any role. Um, and when they get on the characters that they enjoy, the depth of kind of mastery that they have over them is just staggering in that way. Yeah. Um, London has a lot of superstars that play for them, a lot of people that really, really yeah. do it. I mean, for me, a, kind of a, a bigger takeaway from this is that the league has finished its first season. And as a fan of the sport, more than any individual team winning, the fact that we've seen a full season of a league, yeah. that's what I'm most happy about. So while I would have wanted Philly to win, uh, it's nice that the home team won. Yeah, as a, as, a, as a British person, it's nice that the home team won in that way. But I'm more happy just as a fan of the sport that we've, we have a full season. Yeah. I can turn around to anybody that I recommend this to and go, you can watch any of the games from this last season yeah. and have a full season of content to actually talk about and to, to kind of reflect back on now. Yeah, and that's one of the things I like so much. Is look, I was just looking before. I think we spoke about it an episode two ago. Not quite remembering when it it began. It was January tenth yeah. was yep. the beginning of the season. So you figure we had just over six months yeah. of solid, you know, in most cases weekly games to see. Yep. And it was, you know, to come out of this season. What is the first the first season of this happening? And, and the the fact that it's going to be something that carries on because yeah. Blizzard have put so much behind it, yeah. and so have the teams. Like this is going to last definitely. Um, the idea that we've come out of the season and you've got a favorite team and I've got yep. a favorite team and my sister Rachel has a favorite team. She's an Outlaws fan. Oh, okay. Um, and she, we, we, we exchanged, you know, we exchanged banter when Philly yeah. and Houston played because I think it went, it went both of our ways across the season. Nice, nice. Um, but the idea that you can come out of a season, an actual, like you said, a full season of this sport, yep. it, it, that final at, at, the, at the Barclays Center, which as someone who has been to the Barclays Center, yep. that is a big arena to Huge. fill. And you look at what happened, besides DJ Khaled's performance, which was perhaps a little bit less inspiring. Um, sorry, I'm not a big DJ Khaled fan to begin with. That's totally um, Overwatch me. He actually said, overwatch <laughs> me. Sorry. Um, 
and then tried to dance. Never mind. Never moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. <laughs> but to see that that arena full to capacity. Yeah. To watch people play an esport like that, a, a new and, sport in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just the idea that that's a you know I, I went to see the Brooklyn Nets play. They're they're a they're a top tier NBA team, and their arena was transformed into an esports arena. Yeah. For what was an incredible performance from the teams playing to a packed house. Yeah. You know, and the, the noise from the crowd, like it was like watching any traditional sport and getting that kind of atmosphere. You know, it had, you know, I, I, my feelings on DJ Khaled aside, there's, he has a lot of fans. <laughs> yep. And to have an artist like that opening up the performance, and, it's and like a Super Bowl. Thing. It's like a World Series. It's a big deal. Absolutely. This, this is exactly the thing. I mean, just to touch on that for a minute, uh, the DJ Khaled thing. She, I, as you said, you're not a fan. I'm, I'm really not a fan either. Um, I don't wish the guy any ill will, but you know, I'm, I'm just not a fan of his. I saw a lot of different takes on this about, oh, Blizzard got it wrong by having DJ Khaled, or people are angry about DJ Khaled. Whatever you think of him as a performer, the thing that you have to acknowledge is that he is a big name. He is a larger-than-life figure. He is somebody that a lot of people in, yes, in the mainstream, outside of our circles, outside of our culture... Um, and I am going to refer to it as a culture, not just in the sense of Overwatch, but in terms of kind of, I guess you could use the words geek and nerd and internet culture and gaming culture. Outside of the culture that we exist in, um, he is bigger to those people. And you've seen this the whole season. This is not a change in tone for Blizzard. It kind of annoyed me when I saw people saying, oh, they, they've, they've made a mistake here. This is not a change in tone. Look at Blizzard's sponsors for Overwatch League. Yeah. Toyota, T-Mobile. Uh, HP, yep, okay, that's more within their wheelhouse. But Toyota and T-Mobile are the ones that have been sponsoring this league. Sour Patch They're Kids, big household brands. I mean, I have a special place in my heart for Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> I, I will claim those as one of ours. <laughs> those, those those Sour Patch Kids are growing up to be Overwatch players. Um, but DJ Khaled appeals more to those people. They appeal to people with a Toyota on the drive and a T-Mobile contract in yeah. their pocket. He's a mainstream figure, exactly. You know? And this is the work that needs to be done now to make it more not legitimized as a sport because that's wrong it's legitimized by a sport because we say it's a sport and because people are passionate about it and because it's competitive you believe in it you don't need to legitimize it through gimmicks or marketing but to attract people to try it and watch it in the first place if you're in New York and you barely know what Overwatch is and you definitely have never watched esports before but somebody says we can get you a ticket to this place and DJ Khaled's going to perform and then there's going to be this cool gaming thing afterwards there are people that may go to that and may stay for the esports after the performance yeah now I, I reckon everybody in that stadium was a dedicated fan because uh, I don't think that we're at that stage yet but there will be people who will check out the performance on YouTube maybe yeah. the day afterwards and then we'll learn about esports in the league from that also think about it from Blizzard's perspective as a business if you want to hire or sorry not hire that's the wrong word if you want to win a contract for an advertiser you want to be the next place that I don't know Coke Coca-Cola advertisers yeah. and you can turn around and go well T-Mobile Toyota and DJ Khaled have all worked with us, that will help you to attract more advertisers. It yeah, will help definitely. you to attract better performers. So yeah, you know, we, we want it to be kind of grassroots forever and we want it to be Jonathan Colton and, and kind of more and more indie bands and people that people within our culture like. But sometimes as a sport and as a business you've got to do some legwork to draw new people in. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're in that growing stage right now. Exactly. And I think that again, DJ Khaled is someone who is he is a a cultural phenomenon. He's yeah. you know he's massive on social media. He's got a number of huge hits and, yeah. and big albums, and there's a huge following for him. So whether you like him or not, you book someone that high profile yeah. to to open your event. That signifies that you are serious about Definitely. it. You know you don't. You know you could you could bring up an indie artist who no one's ever heard of, but perhaps appeals more to the fans that you're you're in front of. But that's not gonna. You use the word legitimize. I think it's fair to say that, yeah, you legitimize it through the fans and you legitimize it through yep. it being a thing people want. But it also is, if you want to show it off as a new sport yep. that people want to get involved in, sport is about spectacle. Exactly. It's about atmosphere and it's about um, making it feel like it's a big deal. Yep. You know, you, you go into an American football game or a baseball game, it's not, you don't, it's not about being a wallflower. You know, it yep. is about big bold brash statements and like it's incredible to be here and ah it's a huge thing yep. so if, if Blizzard are going to do the same thing for Overwatch League you get someone like DJ Khaled someone who will come out and you know that will have been all over Instagram and, oh, and everything the night before definitely. like I'm going to be here doing this yep. thing and whether or not he knows what Overwatch is whether or not he's ever going to play that game in his life it's almost he's irrelevant he's a big deal yeah but he's yeah. a big deal and you look at that and go it's sponsored by Toyota it's sponsored by T-Mobile 
it's 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 endorsed effectively yep. by someone like DJ Khaled. This is a a big deal, and that's the first season. Yep. You know, you wait till we get straight another season. out of the gate. Yeah. Straight out of the gate. I think you mentioned it before when you said the word Super Bowl. I think that was really that's kind of stuck in my head there. I don't necessarily think that your average NFL fan is a particularly big fan of a of a Katy Perry or of these other people, um, of, of somebody doing a halftime performance there. I don't think they're maybe you know rushing out to get their latest album, but it's some light entertainment in the middle of the game. This is some light entertainment before the game. The other big reason why the Super Bowl has these kind of performers is again the ads, the advertisers. Oh yeah, the advertisers want to be centered around a performance like that. They want to draw more people in that way. It's the exact same tactic that the Super Bowl has. If it was, you know, maybe aimed more at traditional NFL fans, I don't know, it'd be a country artist or something, not necessarily whoever's at the top of the charts right now. It's drawing in more people, getting more people to watch it from different demographics. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm so excited about it going forward. I'm so excited about introducing more people to it, not just through this podcast, but also through talking about it and sharing my passion for what is now the newest sport, you know, the newest league sport that you can share with people, which is huge. Uh, I think we were looking before the actual Blizzard Arena that they play at regularly has a capacity of 450 seats. Yeah. Now, regularly, that arena was full for yep. the games. Every week, week in and week out, it was full. 450 people yeah, at a time, you'd see it on which the isn't huge compared to a traditional sports arena. Not by any measure. But you imagine that was also going out live via Twitch. It was live yep. in the Overwatch League app. There were thousands and thousands of people watching those games every single week. So much so that you then put it into the arena that it was in, and you suddenly have a crowd of thousands in yep. person watching that sport. And then you know, people like me and, and more thousands online. more yeah. worldwide who are watching it live. Myself included. That is, that, that has got to be really encouraging for them to go into that next season. Definitely. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about expansion teams uh, in, in a future episode, I think, um, and kind of where, where the league goes next. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with that, and it'll be interesting to see almost how they make the success pay future dues and I'll kind of leave it there for now but how do they leverage this into bigger advertisers into more expansions into more tie-ins with other stuff Um, advertising brand you know advertising across different mediums both people advertising with them but then also how do they advertise the league outside that as well that's going to be really really fascinating to see and I think it's important to remember that any success that the Overwatch League has is success that Overwatch as a game will have yeah which is then success that the players and fans will have yeah, because you figure community get. if you get this kind of um, this de- this development and this following and this uh, kind of push to make it even bigger than it is, then you're going to make more improvements to the game. You're yeah. going to change things. You're going to add stuff. You, we might see um, extra content for Overwatch. We might well, see exactly. even more heroes. We might see all this because it's something they're going to want to keep developing. Exactly. I mean, you and I were talking the other day about how will this be a sport in ten years, in twenty yeah. years, and. As we were talking about it, we were talking about Counter-Strike, and it was that brainwave that I was playing Counter-Strike almost 20 years ago. Absolutely, yeah. And definitely. although the game itself is updated and changed, it's still Counter-Strike, yeah. and it's still something that you play competitive or can play competitively. Well, so there's nothing saying do, yeah. that Overwatch won't be a very different game in 20 years' time, yep. but the core of it will remain the same. And this is the thing. If, if you're a fan who likes Overwatch, who plays Overwatch... Or just, or, or likes another element of it. They like the cosplay of Overwatch. They like the lore and the characters and the history. If you like this, or if going on a completely different tangent, you like Blizzard as a company. If you like any of these things that we're talking about, you must want Overwatch League to do well. Yeah. Because if they do well, that guarantees investment. It guarantees them more funding. It guarantees them everything to keep this game going, to keep them going. Don't get me wrong. Blizzard Activision is doing very well as a business. Yeah, they're doing okay. They yeah. have no worries. But if you want specifically maybe this area of it to do well or even just esports doesn't matter you might be a Fortnite player that's not something that we've talked about yet but I'm sure we will maybe in a future episode but if you like other esports you still want Overwatch to do well we're not at the point yet where like with traditional sports maybe between the NFL and baseball and basketball they kind of compete for viewership and and fan kind of mind share and attention Um, although I think now we've settled around most people having a team in each sport yeah we're not at that stage yet where we're fighting for people's attention in that way. Instead, it's just growing esports and legitimizing it, going, I like watching esports, defending its people. You know, there are people that I know that, that don't understand it. There are people in my own family who, who don't understand it and don't necessarily even think that video games more generally are something for an adult to play, which is uh, crazy to me. Yeah. But the way that we do this is by, if this does well, this is another step forward. This is another uh, marker on that road where we go, no, this is a, a legitimate thing. 
this is something that we care about and this is how many people are passionate about this. Yeah. It's a proof of concept. Exactly. You know, you've had competitive uh, you had competitive gaming for a while now, yeah. but you've not had it in a location-based league structure which culminates in a grand final in front of thousands of people. Yeah. We've never seen that before. So looking at the results from this season, I can only presume, and again, I, 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 I can't, nor do I think I ever would ever want to look at Blizzard's books, <laughs> yep. but I feel like this will have done well for them. Oh, and this will hopefully mean that this is the, this is the turning point. This is when it becomes, you're not going to have people in five years, ten years saying, oh, video games is an adult, oh, why bother? Because it's like, this is a real thing. This is an yeah. actual, you know, we're going to have children who potentially could grow up to aspire to be professional gamers. Yep. And that's going to be a legitimate Choice. Colleges in the U.S. There's a number of them in the minute who are looking at offering esports scholarships, the same way that you would offer it for a traditional sport. In that way, yeah. Uh, we we need to kind of we we need to help move people as a society forward and kind of go. You need to get rid of some of those old ways of thinking. Yeah. This isn't something that's for for you know for kids or, or for younger people. This is something that we can all partake in. This is something we can be more inclusive of. And I don't just mean that you know society needs to move forward. I mean that gamers need to move forward as well. Get rid of some of those kind of. Um, illusions as to what a quote-unquote gamer is and somebody that plays games because it's not what a lot of people think it is it's a much more diverse and broad term than anybody seems to think it is at the minute at least but when we move that forward that that will help massively um and, and like you say we'll, we'll see people growing up wanting to do this and it being a legitimate thing that they can do in a viable career here's heroes needed talking about shaking up society through video <laughs> games bold revolution statements. will not be televised it will be on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> So then let's move on from uh, the league because we could, that, that could be a podcast in itself. Yeah. Um, let's talk about heroes now because we're talking yes. about development. We're talking about the game growing and evolving. Definitely. So let's talk more about the heroes. Great uh, segue there. No, thank you. So Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball is now out in the world. Wrecking Ball is now playable by all. And I've now had a chance to play him at some length. Yep. And I'm sure you have too. Yep. Uh, and I, I wanted to get some more ideas because we had your initial um, kind of thoughts about it when you played it in the PTR. And I want to yeah. do a bit of chat about it, what it's like now that we've played it in actual real games and you know, perhaps in competitive or quick play or anything else. Yeah, I mean, my, 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 my initial thoughts do still stand. I still think he's quite an interesting character. Um, I, want an, I want a short. I want to know more about his lore and his history. I want yep. a comic as well. I think it really still shows off, you know, one of the points I raised earlier, it's, it, it shows off the whimsy of the game and yeah. kind of the, how great it is that it is such a, a weird mix of characters um, in the best possible way. But my thoughts have changed a little bit in terms of how it is to play him. Um, I don't know if this is a, a, a change that was made in the PTR just before it was updating or, or if it's just kind of, I was very excited to get a chance to play him, so I wasn't evaluating him as seriously. Um, I think while he's got so many cool elements to him, I really think his damage output is, is quite underpowered at the minute. Um, yeah. He has a lot of ammunition that he can put down range, but I don't see him being as fighty in a situation as I yeah. would like him to be. Um, he's still very much as a second tank. He's not really a primary tank. Mm. He can do a lot of cool things with that kind of literally the wrecking ball element of his name where he can swing through different points. I think there are certain strategies or kind of combos or ideas that can be used really well with Wrecking Ball. You know, being able to swing in, slam into the ground, knocking all the players up, and then hit them immediately with the rest of the team coming in hard. That's a really, really, really potent move that can happen. But as soon as you've done that, you're then back to these two turrets. Yeah. And I think it's a very, very simple fix, but I think the fix needs to be a, you know, a 5 to 10% damage increase, or maybe get rid of some of the drop-off at distance just to make him that bit more potent because at yeah. the minute you know I, I've been both playing him and playing against him and I've had a few times where I've seen an enemy wrecking ball I'm there as diva and I'm going yeah I'll take that every single time yeah. I'll yeah. dive in and get him not a problem guys instead of what I should be going which is this is a big ball of death with two machine guns I should probably back off and maybe get some support or maybe yeah. get somebody else to come in with me instead I'm charging full in going yep my missiles will make short work of this yeah, I think it's interesting as well when you when he uh, playing him for the first time and then realizing he's he's definitely far more of an off tank. He's yeah. you know you want to get into the fight with him, you want to make it happen. But it is very much a case of if you go in alone, if you go in alone as a diva, yep. or uh, may, maybe uh, maybe a roadhog, yeah. maybe a Winston. Well, maybe more Winston. You've got that kind of 
you've got the mobility. Yep. So you can jump, you can get in there as Diva, you can do quite a bit of damage with the rockets and with their weapon, yep. primary weapon, and you can use the boost and you can get back out. Got a bit of a shield as well, so yeah, you got defense damage. Yeah, if, you're, if you're Winston, you can get in there, you can spray some damage, drop a shield, you can yep. leap out again. Yep. Roadhog, although not as uh, mobile, but the damage output is quite significant at yeah. close range. And healing and that, himself. And healing himself and the hook, which is fantastic. Yep. I feel like with Wrecking Ball, yes, you can you can use a Wrecking Ball action. You can swing from places and knock heroes, or you can do that pile driver move that he has. Yeah. But if you do that, I had this on a couple of occasions where I was a bit, perhaps a bit overly aggressive, <laughs> where I was swinging off something, pile driving into the team, popping up my terrorist, whacking my shield on, and just letting go with fire. Yep. I was doing a lot less damage than I thought I would. Sure. And I was dying a hell of a lot quicker than 600 hit points would make you think you would. Exactly. Or 700 with the shield, isn't it? So yeah. it's that kind of thing of, it looks like it's positioned to be an off-tank, but without quite as much offensive capability as you expect. Yeah. And it's not really got the kind of skills you, uh, sorry, abilities that you would need in the main tank, you know, yeah. Reinhardt Shield or, or, or Winston's that uh, barrier. protection of others is yeah. really that. And that's fine in a hero like D.Va, where she makes up for that with, yes, her cannons are weak, but with those missiles as well, and with the maneuverability of it and so on. Mm, yeah. And, you know, we're going to have people probably thinking the Wrecking Ball is very maneuverable because of that, of the Wrecking Ball, because of the swinging aspect. But actually using that, yes, it takes a lot of skill. No, I am not as skilled as that <laughs> at playing him. I, Certainly not I keep yet. trying it. I but... have not played him enough to get anywhere near good enough at that. But even with a good couple of hours of playing and, and being able to play the hero to what I think is you know, an acceptable standard to be able to talk about him, yep. uh, that doesn't give you enough mobility to the same extent as a Winston or a Diva. And for an off-tank, yeah, there's going to be a variation in heroes. Uh, not everyone's going to have the same basic concepts. I'm not saying that. I don't think they all need to be homogenous and have the same kind of abilities, but you need to balance them in some way, and I don't yeah. feel like they've balanced them. I feel like the trade-off for his weaker off-tank mobility should be damage, Yeah. and I don't feel like the damage is quite right. And the nice thing, the thing that's reassuring to me is that we know how willing Blizzard is to change this. I was a D.Va player back when we had you know, a lot that longer shield, that kind of four or five second defense matrix, no missiles whatsoever, and just the turrets. Yeah, and it's a very different hero now that we have. Yes, a lower shield, but we also have those missiles, those yeah. glorious, glorious green fire yeah, missiles. Incredible offensive ability. Just a lot of fun to play as, as a diva player. So I know that this is fixable. I know this is something that they need to change. And I wouldn't even say it's drastic. No, but the trade-off for that lower mobility as an off tank is that you need that extra punch. You need to yeah. be able to do something with it. Um, the shield he's got's great. I think the ult is still great. I think those proximity mines are incredibly cool. Maybe we could see a slightly faster ult charge. Maybe yeah. that would help as well. If I can get that ability out a few more times, that would be cool. What I don't want them to do is I don't think we need another hero that can heal others or shield others. I think yeah. Zarya's bubbles are unique. His Very shield so, yeah. looks like Zarya's bubble, but I think her bubbling ability is kind of unique. That's one of the reasons I, I will occasionally pick up Zarya, because I actually quite like that ability. I think that's a really cool mechanic. I think, you know, we've got somebody that can drop a shield in the form of Winston, somebody that can carry a shield in the form of Ryan. I just think Wrecking Ball needs to be that, that more offensive tank. Yeah. The person that, if you're looking at that lineup, Reinhardt is the ultimate shield and can carry it. Zarya can bubble and protect. Diva's mo the most maneuverable tank. Definitely. Winston's that kind of, I can build a little base, I can have a dome, I can drop a shield that you can come to. Where does that leave Wrecking Ball? because it can't just be I can swing through like Tarzan. It has yeah. to be I can do something unique. And I think he should be with those big machine guns, the yeah. damage tank. I think you're right. I think you're right because it's... it's The problem with swinging in and dropping in with a power driver and then being in the mix of the enemy <laughs> yeah. team is that suddenly you're in the middle of their yeah. team. What you're, do you do now you're there? Yeah, you separate... You know, in order to make that effective, that ability, yep. you need to be in their team, not your own. Exactly. So once you're in that other team, you need that extra damage... Or that extra hearty, you know, uh, HP or whatever yep. else to, to sustain that. Because yep. I've done it on a number of occasions where I'll drop in and maybe I'll get one or two kills by doing that, but I'm definitely not getting out alive. Sure. As simple as that. And it's weird, I think, looking at this when Brigitte was launched. That was the hero where she is probably now my favorite support hero. Or the one yeah. I will most likely play if I'm going to play support. If, if I'm playing support, you know, Mercy's the best healer, but for me, I'm, yeah, I'm probably picking yeah. up Brigitte. I'm, I'm not a great Mercy. Agreed. I'm an okay uh, Moira. I'm yeah. not great with the rest of them. No, agreed. But Brigitte, I really enjoy it. I have some great games with Brigitte. Yeah. Meanwhile, they bring out Wrecking Ball in the tank category, 
and, and he's nowhere near my favorite tank. I like the idea. Yeah. I like the character design. I think it's a very cool, and I think when used well, and I've seen him used well a couple of times, he's very, very good. Oh, definitely. But for, for my play style and for the way it works for me, I just can't quite fit him in there, but really. This is the thing. I think in the games where I've seen or I've been up against, you know, on the enemy team, I've been up against a really good wrecking ball. I don't feel as though they've been outperforming us because they're using Wrecking Ball's abilities really well. Yeah. I feel like they've outperformed us because they're a better player. Yeah, They know the game better. They've spent more time practicing. They're better innately at aiming or whatever it is. I don't feel like it's because they're really using those characters' skills to the best ability. I yeah. feel like it's just because they've been a better player. I might be wrong, you know. Um, but I feel like if, if you go up against a really, really good tracer, and you just get outclassed. You get completely outclassed because they know exactly where they're going to you know, uh, zip to. They know exactly where they're going to recall to. If you go up against a really good Widow and she's going to put that dot on your forehead every single time, you feel outclassed because they're really using those skills. They're really using the hero to the best of his abilities. Yeah. In the games against Wrecking Ball, and maybe it's just too soon. It's just too soon to launch. But against Wrecking Ball, it just feels like I've been against a better player rather than against a better Wrecking Ball player yeah. as of yet. And so maybe there will be changes to come. Maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe there's some balanced tweaks. I mean, we've seen... I think so. I, uh, even in the last six months, we've seen the number of little changes in balanced tweaks and things here and there. To so make the many game, heroes yeah. when you think about it. You oh, reflect yeah. the last six months to a year. Yeah. There are heroes that look completely different. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of that, let's move on to the next hero that's had their most recent switch around. Yeah. And that is Sombra. Yeah. And I think that I mentioned to you before that one of my favorite things was looking at the changes for Sombra. <laughs> and one of the top changes was reduce the size of Sombra's head. Yep, they, they, they shrunk her ego slightly <laughs> in this update. But I know that this is a character which I've, I've played on a few occasions, never really to any great effect. She's definitely sure. not one of my number one heroes. Um, but I know that you've had some success playing Sombra. Yeah, I mean, if, if we think back in one of the episodes, I, I, th I think we, we kind of said, what, what hero are you going to try and get good at next? Yeah. And I think I picked up Sombra a little bit and could kind of see the potential for how enjoyable she could be can kind of see that the play style is one of the things i think i talked about quite a bit that kind of having that ability to move quickly like a tracer but have some stealth about it as well yeah i think you know one of the things that i really really like when attacking in any game to be perfectly honest is is really to be able to do kind of three things it's to be able to to surprise kind of get get the get the sneak attack element in there to be able to to get there quickly so move fast and then really to just blow these people away with how intense the attack can be. Yeah. So you think of D.Va as an example of this in terms of what my playstyle is. I like to be able to kind of move around maybe the sides of the map a bit, boost into them out of nowhere, so completely surprise them and get there fast, and then unload missiles and tanks and everything, and yeah. missiles and cannons and everything else. So those kind of three elements to it. And if we think about this kind of surprise and the, the speed and the, the, the intensity of the attack, that's what Sombra does. And these changes are so good. So just to kind of outline some of the changes then. Um, Sombra previously had two things that were quite limited. Stealth was quite limited and her translocate, her ability to kind of warp back to, to a fixed point. They were both limited by time. So you could go in stealth, but it was for a few seconds. You could drop a translocator, run off, and then walk back to it within a 12 or 13, whatever it was, second window. Yeah. Those two things are now unlimited, <laughs> which is a crazy thing to say, but yeah. those two things are now unlimited. Uh, in the sense that if I click stealth, I'm in stealth then until I choose to end it or until I'm discovered. Yeah. So if I want to fire my weapon, that ends stealth. If I want to hack someone, that ends stealth. If somebody discovers me, that ends my stealth. But otherwise, I could run around the entire map for the whole of the game in stealth. Same with Translocator. One thing yeah. I hadn't asked. Sorry to interrupt you. No, but right ahead. Does Widowmaker's Infrasight penetrate the invisibility? Interesting. No, I've not tried that, but I would assume so. Yeah, I would I assume so. Um, I like the idea of a little battle between them, like in law, in fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, like kind of a little technology arms race between the two of them. Yeah, so I, 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 I assume it must do. I assume yeah. it must do. We'll find out for next time. Um, but the same is true as well with the translocate in terms of the, it being unlimited. You can literally drop a translocator and there's no little 13 second countdown on your screen. You can just wander off and then walk back to it whenever you like. So this means that you can do a lot of fun things with Sombra. You can use this as a way to maneuver around the back of enemy players. Oh, and the uh, the, the hack is, is a little bit faster, I would say, as well. Yeah. Weapon seems to do about the same damage, etc. Everything else is going to feel very familiar. It's not a completely changed hero. It's those two abilities that are completely changed that makes her a more fun hero to play. So when we think of kind of the ways that you can use this, you can use this translocator to get around behind enemy, t enemy lines. If you can stealth behind them without getting detected drop your translocator there 
you can obviously fire into the back lines and zip back to safety. One of the ones that I like the idea of, and I, I want to try and implement this in, in a few more games before I really kind of get sold on it, but if you could stealth behind enemy lines, drop a translocator near the point, and then get back around them while they're still near the point, you can then obviously monitor how far forward they come. And if they overextend even slightly, you can punish them by warping back to their spawn nearly and taking the point very, 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 yeah. very quickly. I think on, you know, you think like a blizzard world, there's rooms behind the point there. You could walk back to one of them when they've moved forward to that kind of main archway where the statues are, and you could be taking the first point, the first, sorry, the first tick of the point, the first two ticks of the point, very, very easily just by warping back to it. Uh, almost like we see Tracer players do quite a bit by zipping towards it and recalling as needed. So there's a lot of different strategies that you can do. One of the ones I like as well is just to throw the translocator sometimes yeah. <laughs> in a pinch, in a fight, in a hard thing, uh, in a real kind of clutch play situation. Just throw it. If you're on, you know, if you're on King's Row and you throw it when you're near the bus, uh, they're kind of taking the first point on attack. If you throw it over that wall, it's going to drop near the point. It's going to yeah, end true. up in, in an interesting position that might let you walk behind them or might let you kind of translocate to nearby. And that's, you know, not always sustainable. You may end up in a bad position. You may end up out of position in a place you don't want to be. But it can lead to some really fun scenarios. I did that on King's Road and ended up directly behind a McCree and then opened up that SMG fully into his back. Poor uh, it McCree. Was, it was amazing. Yeah. I was very, very, very happy with myself. Um, but it ends up with these cool scenarios. So I'd be interested to get your take on it. Um, somebody that's maybe not played Sombra as much. Uh, but she's definitely becoming one of my favorite heroes. Well, it's the kind of change that's definitely going to make me play her more yeah. and try it out because I've enjoyed playing Tracer, but that one is very much, as you've said before, you get in, you do some damage, you get yeah. back out again. Yeah. There's, there's, there's not as much of the, the utility, I suppose, because yeah. you know, one of the things is um, you could, in theory, leave your spawn, drop your translocator by the door, go invisible, get around behind enemy lines, scout out what they've got, what their yep. comp is, where they are, and then if you've realized that you need something specific to, to combat that, translocate back to your spawn, change hero, and you're back out again. Yeah. And you're doing all that 20 seconds. before the first fight even yeah. happens. And that's the kind of thing where those are the kind of... I think that you need a good team for that to happen because very Definitely. often you're not going to have that kind of organization unless you're actually communicating with your team to know which hero is the right hero for this comp and the rest yeah. of it. But that gives you the ability, and you can just as a quick thing where you can just use that the fact that it no longer has that time limiting thing to actually properly scout out the team, make a choice, go back and do that, and that'd be great. So, yeah, definitely a hero which I'm going to commit to trying more of now that that change is in place. Definitely. Cool. So that probably brings us to the end of this episode. So in the meantime, if you've got anything else you want us to cover on future episodes, or if you just want to let us know what you think about the podcast, reach out to us on Twitter with Heroes Needed Pod or via the NerdOD social pages. Come give us a shout. Um, until then, I've been Dave. And I'm Richard. And we'll see you next time.